0: Thank you for listening to the Ace Jewelers podcast. This is an exclusive audio only episode of the podcast series, the art of collecting wristwatches by Ace Jewelers. In this series, we interview wristwatch collectors all over the world. We want to know what makes them tick? Gary, welcome. Good to see you, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, very happy to say that I can physically see you. Not all podcasts are done face-to-face. Yeah. We're sitting at a safe distance, respecting all the regulations. All right. Social distancing. Thank you so much for coming in and sitting down with me to uh, the fourth episode of The Art of Collecting Wristwatches. Uh, for those that don't know Gary, and there's a big chance you don't know him because he's world famous on Instagram, using the Instagram handle at Swiss Made Obsession. And there are two underscores in there. So Swiss underscore made underscore obsession. And the cool thing is you'll see a lot of female wrists on them. That's his better half. And she is way better because <laughs> Andrea looks amazing. Uh, besides her amazing taste in watches. Um you guys actually share the account. We do. And just this, this specific account. Um, because you both share a passion for collecting worse watches, and that's awesome.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. And as you mentioned, she uh she is beautiful. Yeah. I of course have a face for radio, so that's why we're doing the podcast with no video.
0: <laughs> so I invited Gary here um because uh Anja and Gary are Americans living in Amsterdam we became good friends actually due to watches. yeah, absolutely. that's how we connected. yeah and uh, that's uh, the majority of our talks. It's a bit of booze, but mostly watches yeah for sure. <laughs> um, so Gary, I'll shut up. I want to get into what got you into watches?
1: it's oh, a good question. Um, so professionally, I am in aviation, more specifically, I'm a pilot and really from my earliest days of being a professional on the professional side of it, not so much through flight school, but on the professional side of flying, I just noticed that so many captains that I was flying with wore really nice watches. And at up to that point, I really had no idea the financial impact watch collecting or owning watches really had on, well, the budget, but nonetheless, I kept seeing a repeated number of more specifically Breitling watches in the cockpit. And then I did a little bit of research as to maybe the cost of certain Breitlings. And there's only really one thing that I do better than flying airplanes, and that is being a tightwad. So once I discovered that this was a serious financial investment, I really kind of shied away from from focusing on getting a Breitling per se, um, and I continued to fly and did not wear a watch. I was completely uncool, but eventually I did get a Citizen's. Uh, I believe it's a Skyhawk. It mm-hmm. has a Pilot E6B uh, yeah. flight flight calculator on the bezel and it was cool and it was fine, but it just wasn't really the watch that I wanted, nor was I willing to spend the money on the watch that I wanted. So it just went by the wayside and, and I did not pursue any watches, um, really for several years until I met my lovely bride um, that you previously mentioned. Um, She is the OG watch collector in our Uh, relationship. She's collected for years um, and really is quite passionate about wearing what she likes. And she definitely likes what she wears. Um, Seven years ago, we started talking seriously about, you know, this watch thing. And I continued to resist. Why do you need a watch when you have access to one on your phone? And I never leave home without my phone. I never fly without my phone. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But finally, finally, she talked me into it. I had an absolute meltdown when I did buy it, but I did start my collection with a Breitling watch. And I absolutely loved wearing it. What model? It's the the new caliber, the 01, yeah. um, 43 millimeter. Navitimer. Um, Navitimer, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful watch. It's a great watch. Um, and I swore that was my only watch I was ever gonna have, right? Yeah. Cause it's a huge investment. <laughs> And you know, obviously, you know the story after that—that that, uh, one watch <laughs> turned into, I think, pushing twenty-five now. So only yours. Only mine. That—that's a correct statement. Because it's a yes. fun
0: fact. It, yours is yours.
1: Mine is hers mine. this is hers. Yeah. All the other things is shared. <laughs> yeah, there there are some shared watches in our in our collection, um, but mostly yes, it's what's mine is mine and what's hers is hers. They're very different collections. She will swear that her collection is way better than mine, and I.
0: Swear mine is better than hers. But. No, that's fine. Do you guys double up? Double up how? So if you have do you have the same model? We we do. <laughs> we have a few. Okay. Um,
1: um so funny story about that. Uh we did purchase back when you could still purchase. Um, I I fell in love with the Black Bay 58. The OG, the black dial. Um, purchased the Black Bay 58. That was gonna be the first watch we were going to share. And it was great you know, not so expensive that I can share. And, and we did that for exactly one day. I wore it for 24 hours, let her take it to work. She brought it home and she self-disclosed that she may have scratched the watch. <laughs> and she did uh, the side of the case. And, you know, I don't, necessarily protect the watches from all scratches, but I definitely like to keep them in good shape. I grew up very poor, so you definitely you appreciate what you have. So, the very next day I called and obtained a second Black Bay 58 for her. And of course, hers is still without a scratch. She's never scratched hers, and mine has the original <laughs> scratch too. But we do have a couple other repeat watches, and you know, if you follow our feed, you'll see uh more specifically an Explorer One we have as a repeat and we have a similar, similar, not completely repeat, but similar Rolex submariners, the bluesy. So, nice. so we do match sometimes.
0: And the funny thing is you guys don't buy them. In in our business we call it couple watches. Yeah. So so his and hers. Yeah, no. You guys are not that cheesy. No. No. But, um, it um it was born out of OCD, we can say.
1: Yeah, it really was. We just <laughs> I don't share well. She shares better than I yeah, do. Yeah, you
0: both are generous. It's yeah not out of generosity, yeah. but it's no. out of making your own scratches.
1: Yeah, it's our watches need to tell our own stories. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well. You know, well yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so let's back up. So first watch Navi timer. It was the Navi timer. Okay, awesome. How long did you hold out? So that virus got instilled by you, by colleagues? Sure. Absolutely. How long did you hold out? Whoa. Uh, well, until you you, you 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 got infected, actually.
1: Okay, well, yeah. so yeah, that's a good point. I That was really, truly, my intentions were to only have one watch. That was a lot of money. I was never going to spend more than that. But I had an unfortunate... Um encounter with my Navitimer timer six months into it, I had a warranty issue um so I had to send it off and now i'm left like <laughs> i'm I'm left a little bit disillusioned right that so I spent all this money on this dream watch this was the this was my grail right because yeah. it was my end game watch, one and done, and it broke, so I sent it in for a warranty repair, and then I found myself yearning for. One, having a watch on my wrist, because I've really now enjoyed it up to this point. But two, when I get this watch back, like I'm mad at it, right? I'm throwing a fit. I'm being a child that I have this luxury watch that isn't working for me. So six months later, uh, it was around the Black Friday season, right? So everyone has a sale. Um, I encountered probably my most worn watch in my collection. And that's my Omega Seamaster Deep Black uh ceramic watch GMT dive watch indestructible and that's that was game over for me because now I have two watches I love them separately differently um got I my Navitimer was returned to me and I wore that one and then I wore my Omega but now I start really appreciating the differences in where and how you use these tool watches that I started to get eyes for other watches.
0: (laughs) Okay. What is it that attracts you to watches? Did you analyze that? Uh, yeah. And, and the answer really is,
1: um, it's more that kind of takes a a U-turn for me. And that's really where Rolex comes into it for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, growing up, we were really, really, really not wealthy. Mm-hmm. Some would say poor. We grew up in a very modest neighborhood, a trailer park specifically, um, in an area of, of the Midwest that's just known for not having that much money. Mm-hmm. Um, And I remember seeing my first Rolex on a business person, and I was just enchanted by this watch Mm -hmm. because it was more than just a watch. It was more than something that kept time. It was a status. Mm -hmm. It was it was this breaking free from from being poor, from Mm -hmm. being viewed as that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember obtaining my first Rolex, Mm -hmm. and it was not long after I obtained my Omega uh, Seamaster, but it, the feeling that I had having it, um, it wasn't so much that it was this master, uh, well, you know, this incredibly accurate watch, um, or even that it was a tool, right. Cause it was my, my first Rolex was, a was an Explorer 2, polar dial, uh, the new model. Um, but it's the feeling that I had that, you know, it connected my, my early passion of seeing the watch and seeing, you know, the success that I viewed with having that watch. Yeah. Um,
0: Why didn't you start off with a the Rolex then? Because price-wise, it's it, the same budget.
1: So that's interesting. It was,
0: uh, mostly because I felt like
1: if if I'm going to fly and I'm going to have one watch, remember, yeah, because yeah. I, I bought it as a one-and-done watch, yeah. I wanted to be like my peers in the industry and have the Breitling and have
0: that. So that over one, that symbol of success of leaving your roots behind
1: yeah because rolex has always been really good at marketing watches but but for me being not connected to the watch community at all at that point i associated rolex with the people that maybe weren't so genuine about collecting or maybe weren't so passionate about it now it was it was specifically for status or It was becoming an investment watch, right? So so I was trying to stay away from that. And I remember specifically saying to Andrea, there's no way I will ever get a Rolex. I don't want to be associated with that movement. And I mean, eight months later, I have a Rolex on my wrist. Albeit, I I chose the Explorer over even a GMT Master because I bought those watches when you could go to a when you can go to the ad yeah. and there was no wait list for these watches yeah. i mean i had both in my hand yeah. a gmt master and the polar explorer and i chose the polar explorer mostly because it it couldn't be further from the stereotypical yeah. uh, their stereotypical rolex yeah. wearer if you will
0: but and that's the beauty of rolex i think it it, it, it doesn't have one type of yeah. consumer um and it, it touches the hearts of all kinds of yeah. consumers including collectors yeah and the purists as well sure seek for yeah. quality on that topic what makes you tick about watches is the design the history the movement a complication a style a narrative today My... today so you evolved and yeah you went hard yeah and your yeah. handle is not obsession for nothing <laughs> it's That's an obsession true. with yeah. the majority of us collectors
1: yeah I think for me, what makes me tick now is the focus on what the watch was intended to be used for. Mm-hmm. Case in point, I, as you know, rarely to never wear a dress watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Almost the, entire, the entirety of my collection are truly tool watches. Mm-hmm. Um, more specifically, <laughs> being a pilot and it's kind of weird, but I have... Really digressed from enjoying the Navitimer, the Chrono-style watches, even the GMT-style watches. And I've migrated pretty much mostly to only purchasing dive watches now. I am just enthralled by how they work and how they're intended to be used. Do you dive? I've never dived
0: in my life. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Same Um, with me. I had issues with my ears. Yeah. I've I've never... Dove, yeah, but I also love these tool watches, yeah, I love I, pilot watches, but also. And so I feel you, I understand you.
1: I've always been a little bit intimidated of diving, mostly because it's it's the way I've always looked at it. It's the opposite of flying, yeah, right? Of as you as as you fly and you go higher, you suffer from you know the thinning air. But yeah. in diving, you're you're dealing with a completely different animal, right? And now you're really dependent on this this device strapped to you. Yeah, it yeah. just it
0: terrifies me a little bit. I may do well, it someday. But would you associate the the purpose of a dive tool watch? That it was essential. Nowadays, a lot of divers have absolutely. dive computers with them. Absolutely. But they still wear mechanical ones sure. in the backup. Yeah, absolutely. Told. Um,
1: yeah, but you they're know,
0: essential, aren't they? Also for flying, they were essential.
1: Yeah. To well, navigate. For me... The dive watch is a multi it is is a tool watch, but you can use it in a multi-level um, capacity. Uh, you know, I use my my bezel on my dive watch daily.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't even use my chrono that much when I'm wearing the chrono. Interesting. So I,
0: how do you use it? It's a question a lot of so people I do, ask.
1: Yeah, sure. I do a lot of cooking. Yeah, at home. Yeah, a lot. So it is in the kitchen with me. Um, I like the durability of the watch because I can wash my hands. As much as I need to, I can get food all over it. It washes off. Yeah. Um, but also the dive bezel, it just works better for me. So you me. use it as a can, timer? I reminder? Absolutely. I yeah. crank it over. You're not going to get an alarm, so you have to pay attention to it. But yeah. you're not going to get that with the chrono either.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, again, even the phone it would be better if you rely on the timers. But, you know, I I do need that, that time capability. Yeah. Um, and it's easy. And, again, it's they're so much more durable compared to some of my other watches. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. Thanks for sharing. So going from holding out a long time. Yeah. Navi timer to more than double dozen. Yeah. And growing. Yeah. I assume. (laughs) Yes. Do you have a particular focus when or while collecting watches? Is it only vintage? Is it only new? Do you have both? Is it a theme? Uh, some guys are focused, or or girls, on a particular model, or a particular brand, uh, just dive watches. But do you have a focus point? I don't.
1: Um, I'm really all over the place, uh, both with budget and with the type of watch. The only real focus that I would say I have is it's a tool sport focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I don't focus on Chrono. I don't really focus on Dive, although I have more Dive watches. I don't focus on brand. I yeah. do have more Rolex than any other, but it doesn't prevent me from loving and, and seeing other watches or other brands at so many other price points mm-hmm. as truly valuable. Not so much in the financial side of it, but for me. yeah. Uh, Andrea, because she's the original collector, she really did teach me in this watch passion to just follow what I like wear what I like yeah. buy what I like yeah. and yeah. and but truly wear it right yeah. don't yeah. you know yeah. invest none yeah. of these are investments We wear all
0: of them we wear all of them amazing zooming in on your collection would you like to share some watches in your collection and tell us why you got them and why I'll never let go of them you mentioned a few that already stand sure. out sure with the stories behind them yeah yeah. Are there others you want to share or maybe more importantly, why you would never let go of them? Because you just mentioned you don't buy to invest.
1: Sure. Yeah. I don't buy to invest. The big standout for me and I, I share the story with a lot of my friends. The one watch specifically that I do have that I just, it, it will never go. Not that any of them are for sale. I would, I, I would say no to any of that, but the one watch that's most special to me is that first Rolex mm. But not so much because it's the first Rolex, not so much that it it has those symbols for me that has allowed me to see that I'm no longer the poor kid in the trailer park in the mm-hmm. United States, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The reason that watch is so special to me, because it has truly become an explorer watch yeah. for me um, in that since the day that I bought it in Paris, it has been to every destination with us yeah. uh, and we've done a lot of traveling yeah. um since you've lived also
0: in several continents absolutely well, so.
1: so it has seen the world with me and it is the one watch that i wear now not as frequently because i've always associated that watch with my travel watch okay. all of the nicks all of the scrapes and yeah. cuts are embarrassingly usually from me loading suitcases into the overhead of an airplane doesn't matter but they're my story and that watch it's your journey. it is my journey yeah. and and i share it with this watch so that nice. watch I, I mean it's like a passport that's used up right it's it's seen the world it, it yeah, can yeah. never go yeah. um that's my big one yeah. um again none of the others are for sale um and several sometimes
0: tastes change right? so they
1: do your taste evolves um but you know because we travel We've been lucky enough to find other watches, duty free watches that I never thought I would ever see. So, I mean, those watches are also never for sale, for example, and Paris seems to be this really lucky place for me, but I found a sky dweller at the airport, um, duty free, you know, connecting through the airport. So I have a few watches that just, yeah, they're just never, ever going to go because they, when I look at them, I associate them with the travels that I have done. Yeah so yeah
0: and you just mentioned that the navitar was your grail watch yeah what's
1: your grail watch today uh my grail watch today and this uh, i have a hard time with grail because it does imply that it's an end game it's a one and done kind of watch right so i've because of my first watch i've changed that tone a watch that is definitely for me awfully excessive um and a watch that it would complete what I have been doing with my collection. Um, <laughs> it's the white gold Rolex Daytona on Oyster Flex. So it's the Silver Dial Panda. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I love that watch, but I truly love that watch. It is way more than I would ever envision myself going in the brand right it's white gold It's yeah. it's the essence of luxury am yeah. i ever going to you know go to daytona and use it as my official timekeeper absolutely not no. right but i don't know why i love that watch i just really 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 want that watch and that would be probably what i would say for a while would slow my role with rolex i mean it's kind of the culmination of where your collection would
0: yeah. go so It's interesting that you said the definition of a Grail watch is often an exit watch. In our first episode, my guests split the two. Yeah, okay. For me, myself, a Grail watch is one that you've been dreaming about. Yeah. And uh, be saving up for or couldn't find. Yeah. eh? It depends. For everyone, it's different. But for me, it's not per definition an exit watch. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Because... Yeah, majority of the watch are not snooty. They'll buy swatches, G-Shorts, Absolutely. Um, micro brands, high-end, so all over the place with collecting. So do you think that if you would ever obtain that white gold data, would it be your exit? Do you think you'll ever exit this game? Yeah. Because that's a different question, actually. I want
1: to say that I would exit buying watches, but I know the reality of it is... I mean, you know me. We've known each other for a while now.
0: We've known each other for a while. Yeah. And like me, my kids are younger than yours, but you guys are now literally yeah. instilling the art of of, of, of collecting and rich is in in her. Yeah. Um so parking the grill watch story and exit, which sure. will never happen. That's good self-knowledge. Um Would you mind sharing what's your next watch? And do you have a wish list, a wrist list, so to say? And do you have a strategy in collecting? Um,
1: So for the first part of the question, I do have a watch that I've been eyeballing. Actually, because our name is Obsession. I'm truly (laughs) actually obsessing about this watch. It is, it's just the coolest watch. I love the history behind it. I love the story that comes with it. Um, and it's the Zenith El Primero Manufacturer Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll forego the history. People can see that on Zenith's website. But I love the fact that this watch truly connects this brand to the past. I mean, what what could have died for that company yeah. um, didn't. And it was in part because of what was hidden yeah. hidden away. So this watch is is really true to the roots yeah. of what it would have been had it ever been produced in the late 60s. Much like the uh, Breitling Navitimer, the 806 re-edition. It's Mm -hmm. one of the few remakes of a watch from the past that is so perfectly done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm absolutely nuts about the El Primero uh, Manufacture Edition. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can actually obtain one. But that is absolutely
0: my next watch, for sure. Yeah, and do you actually have a wish list? Do you track a log a wish list, or are you ad hoc? I it passes your path.
1: I definitely have a mental one. I haven't put it on paper. Okay. I just I feel like that's dangerous if I do. <laughs> it, it becomes a checklist, and as a pilot, a checklist is yeah. is kind of also a do list. So yeah. if I see these watches on a list, it suddenly becomes. A, uh, a requirement that I must do these, yeah, things. Exactly. but I do have several watches in my, in my head that, you yeah. know, I would like to get, um, I kind of view it based on our history up to this point. It's kind of an opportunist, uh, list so that if I see them, yes, I will get it. Yeah. Um, but nothing, nothing hard. Um, Honestly.
0: Necessarily, and do you have a strategy, or do you guys just roll with it and enjoy it?
1: We definitely roll with it, and we definitely enjoy it. Um, we've been really lucky as we travel um that we know what we want. Yeah. Uh, I'm hesitant to say the story about how my wife obtained one of her watches, um uh, because hopefully we'll get her on here, but it's because of our just rolling with it, she was able to obtain a watch at an authorized dealer. That is a waitlist watch for years. Um, and we obtained it because we knew what we liked. We turned several watches down mm-hmm. that they had. We just did not. We we don't buy to invest and we yeah. don't buy to impress anybody else we yeah. buy what we like. Yeah. And because we kept turning these watches down, the manager of the AD offered her a watch that I couldn't believe she was being offered, and we purchased it at an a d oh, uh I'm hoping she'll come on and she'll tell the story, but amazing.
0: but I hope she we definitely Andrew, will i know it. you'll hear hear this podcast, so we urge you to come on yeah. um, and hear this story but but that's amazing also, and it's amazing to hear that fellow jewelers, yeah colleagues, yeah, do this and reward real watch enthusiasts, yeah, and it's not about the flipping game, yeah, um talking about brands. Rolex is on a pedestal. Yeah. Do you have more favorite or other favorite brands?
1: I do. Um. So obviously, I and I would put Tudor in with Rolex because I I truly value Tudor's craftsmanship and their watches as much as I do Rolex, and I wear my Tudors as much as I wear Rolex. Yeah. But aside from Tudor Rolex, my my next big one is Omega. I love mm-hmm. Omega. It's amazing. Um. Especially i watches. Which is which watched. is
0: uh, less common. It's it seems as if the watch community has put them as nemesis yeah. or opponents, where sure. they're indeed um, equal to each other. I would say they, they're, they're absolutely they're pedigree. Equal. Yeah, industrialized horology.
1: Yeah, bang for value. I I, I would say better bang yeah. for value, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah. B- both you get amazing value for money because they're industrialized. Right, yeah. absolutely. That's what I meant to say. Um, so Omega is high up there for you. I love Omega.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, mostly their dive watches. I have four total Omegas <laughs> and only one is a Corrado Speedy, right? Yeah, And then the other three are, are the various levels of their dive watches. Yeah, They're amazing. They're great. And they're so accurate. Um, their utility. Yeah. I love Omega, but I also have obviously Breitling yeah. and Panerai as well. Yeah. So uh, that wraps up my, my big ones, but you know, but then I have a, a I'll say, a smaller box, if you will, that has Casio, Timex, um, Swatch, and even Seiko. Yeah.
0: And I wear those just as much. Yeah. I love those Amazing. watches. They're so cool. Amazing. I guess that's the ultimate test if you're a real watch collector or not. Yeah. So interesting to hear. Um, what do you think is your percentage between passion and reason? So emotion versus ratio.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, it's hard to put a percentage on it, but I would Volpe say park. that most of what we do is tied to passion. Yeah, I mean, right. Easily 90, 95% is passion.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it should be, right? If we're in this, you know, for the adventure, because these are not things that we need. No, these are they're obsolete really. Um, so it has to be passion. That's going back to my initial being a tightwad. You have to consider what you're doing when you, when you buy these watches. Um, so I would be lying if I said I didn't at least know what the market was doing on these watches that I'm purchasing. Mm -hmm. That said, though, I also don't buy them knowing or I don't avoid buying them, knowing that I may initially take or for the rest of my life, take a hit on Mm -hmm. the purchase. Mm -hmm. And I have example from that. I did buy a Panerai PAM 88 in Florence, Italy at the flagship boutique. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's such a good memory. I I mean, my Pam 88 comes from the Panerai boutique, and it's so cool. That watch will never make up the money that it's lost. (laughs) Um, But I didn't buy it for that. No, I nearly didn't buy it because I nearly always don't buy a watch. It's my better half, Andrea, that always says, come on. You're being silly. Yeah. You know you want it. Let's just get it. It's going to make you happy because, you know, you've been talking about it nonstop.
0: Yeah. I think
1: that's mostly why we buy my watches because she's like, if we get it, you'll stop talking about it. We're good.
0: By the way, for somebody that talks so much, it took me a long time to get you on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I know. So to interrupt you there. No, no, that's I fine. I try to keep it at 30 minutes. Yeah. And you and I can chat for hours. Yes, we can. Which we do. Yes. Um, this has been amazing and I really want to have you back on the show Yeah, because what I think will be interesting to see in future seasons how some of the questions evolve, do grail yeah. watches evolve
1: did yeah. the
0: collection evolve did you sell something but I want to end up every episode with a golden tip from every guest do you have a final tip for someone who is new to the art of watch collecting
1: so, Uh yeah uh yeah it would just be kind of a continuation of what what my wife always says, and that's buy what you like and wear it, but I would just add to it just don't don't believe the hype, yeah, do you yeah. do what works for you and don't just disregard what others are saying period
0: I agree, excellent tip, Gary, thank you so much thanks so I much. Had great fun.
1: It's been fun for sure,
0: and um. I can't wait to have Andrea sitting opposite me. Uh, We're going to
1: hope. We're going to keep pushing.
0: You guys are like yin yang. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So thank you for all the listeners as well. Make sure to check Andrea and Gary on Instagram using the handle at Swiss underscore made underscore obsession. Thank you and have an awesome day. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Ace Jewelers podcast. We hope you'll come back for future episodes. Have a good day.